Hello and welcome to our church podcast for this, the seventh Sunday of Easter. Today we conclude our short series which considers what it means to be made in the image of God. We gather to worship God from wherever we are, knowing that he is with us, that he is for us, he's on our side, he wants to bless us as the children he created and as the people he loves. Today, John and Chris join me in ministry with the readings and prayers. Thank you both. And for everyone, if you have a copy of the short-form online service order in front of you, as ever, please do follow along and join in with the responses and prayers. You can download one, if you don't have it, from our church website, which is www.winsandchurches.org. So let's begin. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that when you made creation, you saw that it was good and you blessed it. We gather before you as your created children from wherever we are listening to this podcast and joining in today. We know that you want to bless us, Father, as you meet with us today by the presence and in the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord God, as we think a little more about what it means to be made in your image, we ask that you speak to us from your word. And we ask this in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now we come to a time of confession. A moment when we can reflect back on the things we have said and done that maybe didn't reflect the purity of God's image in us. Moments when we know we've not lived as he would have intended us. But we can bring these times before God now, our creator, our redeemer, and we ask his forgiveness in the way we pray through the words of the confession together. So we pray together, O Lord of life, eternity cannot hold you, nor can our little words catch the magnificence of your kindness. Yet in the space of our small hearts and in silence, you can come close and repair us. O Lord of life, grant us your forgiveness for our careless thoughts, for our thoughtless deeds, for our empty speech and the words with which we wounded. And now may Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all his eternal goodness and keep you in his life eternal. Amen. And we come to our Bible reading. Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants, you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, 
What is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honour. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all flocks and herds and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, all that swim the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Thank you, John, for that reading. A letter from a child brought a smile to me the other day because they'd added their return address in case the letter got lost. It went something like this. Master Bob Jones, 35 Brinbach Farm, Abitadiri, South Wales, United Kingdom, the Commonwealth, Planet Earth, the Universe. It's always good to ensure any passing spacemen know where to take your letter, as well as the usual postman, of course. But it was clear that that child felt a sense of uniqueness. No other person quite like them inhabiting that place at that time. Over the past two weeks, we've been looking at what it means to be made in the image of God. In week one, we saw that being made in God's image points to our capacity to love and to love unconditionally, to form relationships that cause others to flourish. In week two, we saw how we reflect God's image in exercising a creative dominion over the world and everything in it, working and striving for the good of all creation as stewards of God's planet. And now in this concluding part of the series, we focus on the uniqueness of humanity in God's created order, just like that letter from that little boy contained a sense of uniqueness. But we're also going to consider what that uniqueness implies about how we live in community with others. It's this uniqueness that caused King David to marvel in the psalm read to us by John, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them, you made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honour. You made them rulers over the work of your hands. You put everything under their feet. But immediately there seems to be a contradiction. Genesis tells us that we're all made in God's likeness. But if there's one thing we know about each other and notice about each other is that we're all different and unique. So, on the one hand, we all reflect God's likeness, but on the other, we're all different. How does that work then? When my family and I were looking round at secondary schools for our kids, as is common, I think art departments had displayed the sketches by their students. But I noticed at one school all the sketches were of the same person, a rather wizened old man, probably a life model. Each image was different, but it was also true to say all were reflections of the same person. A bit like how children reflect the image of their parents in some way. That's a bit like the image of God in us. Individually we reflect different aspects 
of who God is. What about those of us with low self-esteem? They reflect God's image as much as others. They are required by us to help us see God's image, his humility, his empathy with our humanity. But it's also important to say that our value isn't conditional upon performance. We are valued simply because we are loved by God as his children. Psalm 139 reminds us that God loves us and knows us intimately. It says this, You knit me together in my mother's womb. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. In Luke 12 verse 7, Jesus tells us to be unencumbered by worry because our Heavenly Father numbers even the very hairs of our heads. The length of time we've been alive, however long or short, should not mean we are valued any less, which has implications for Christian ethics at the beginning and end of life, for example. So, as human beings, we are not only unique from each other in reflecting different aspects of who God is, but we are also uniquely loved by God who perceives the real us underneath any outward facade. Some years ago, I helped my parents clear out their garden shed, and in it, at the back of the shed, we found an old mirror. Because it had been outside so long, it was tarnished, the silver lining had corroded, and it no longer offered a true reflection. Just like that mirror, not all we see in ourselves and others is a true reflection of who God is. As St Paul observed to the Corinthians, for now we see only a reflection as in a mirror darkly, but then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully. That's 1 Corinthians 13 verse 12. In other words, we are a work in progress. God continuing to refine his image in us over time. But that means that discernment is therefore required when we seek God's image in ourselves and others. So as we come to the end of this sermon series, where does that leave us? Well, firstly, I think, with a sense of great affirmation of joy and peace, that no matter what we feel about ourselves or what happens to us, nothing can separate us from God's unconditional and everlasting love for us. We see love most perfectly reflected in Jesus, the true image of God, the firstborn over all creation, we are called to hear, share this love as people bearing our maker's image. People working for the flourishing of all creation as we exercise a creative dominion over it, ruling it as our Lord God intended. However, we remain a work in progress, a partial reflection, his work in us not yet brought to full completion. Secondly, as we each reflect part of who God is, we realise we need other images 
to help complete our own. The Greek word for self-image is icon, and in Greek culture, icons are reverence. We reverence and revere the God who made us when we accept God's image present in those most different from ourselves, as well as those who might be similar. Thirdly, it helps us with discernment. We can weigh our politics or the latest prophetic inspiration against the implications of what it means to be made in the image of God. For example, it's difficult to see how perspectives that implicitly sustain or justify forms of exclusion or national elitism, it's difficult to see how they remain consistent with the Christian emphasis we see in the Bible about valuing strangers and welcoming outsiders, even when we might find them uncomfortably different icons of God. Leviticus 24 says, If any of you become poor and are unable to support them, your themselves among you, help them as you would help a foreigner or stranger, so that they can continue to live among you. So that leaves us with the knowledge that church should be a place of true levelling because we recognise we are all made in God's image, no matter what our colour, our sexual orientation, our race, gender, age, wealth or status. And it is in the community of faith that outsiders should be most able to glimpse God's heavenly kingdom and is one of the reasons we pray in earnest, Thy kingdom come. Let's conclude our sermon series with a prayer. Creator God, you have made humankind a little lower than the angels. We know each of us is unique and special to you, loved with an everlasting love by our Creator God. As our Creator, you call us to look after your world in your name as stewards. So, Lord, help us to work for the flourishing of our planet and all its inhabitants. Help us to reflect your image in our life choices, in our friendships, our families, our politics, our church community, our finances, all the aspects of our lives we give to you. Help us value those who are different from us, welcoming them as you first welcomed us. Amen. And we continue in prayer with John and Chris leading us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, at this time between remembering Ascension Day and celebrating Pentecost, help us to be aware of your presence and your Holy Spirit amongst us. May we remain close as a fellowship, despite being unable to worship in church together. We have so much for which to give thanks, living in this part of the country with beauty all around us. We thank you for our church and for the recent appointment of Andrew as our vicar. And we pray for him and his family at this time of change and unusual circumstances. We 
We pray too for the ministry team and all who support him. We pray for your world at this time of so much suffering. We pray for those who are physically and mentally ill and those caring for them. As we pray for those working in the NHS, we remember especially those working with patients suffering from COVID-19. Be with Margaret Parker's daughter in North Wales, George Berry's grandson and Angela Morris's daughter and son-in-law in Western and Bristol. We give you thanks for David Goff and pray for his family and friends as he is laid to rest on Tuesday. And we pray for those known to us with particular needs at this time. We also remember Henry, Joan, Ronnie, John, Ken, Chris, Karen, Peter, Pauline, Clive and Peter, and Dylan, who had surgery last week. We give thanks that Celia is back home, and we pray for her as she continues to recover. We give you thanks for all who continue to work in our community, in the shops, post office, and other services at this time of heightened anxiety and uncertainty. We pray for all those living with financial hardship and worry about the future. We pray for all our young people whose plans and hopes for the future have been put on hold. Help us, Lord, in these uncertain times to recognise the things that are really important and the people whom we value so that we may get our priorities right. We commit to you, our government and civil servants, that they will receive wisdom and sound scientific advice and not be discouraged from doing their utmost to serve our country at this time of need. Help us to support one another and to be aware of the needs beyond ourselves, our families and our community. This is your world and we commit it to you with all its present needs. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. And we follow those prayers by joining in the words that our Saviour taught us, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening today. Um, I have two items of church news for you and then a special blessing. Wow, it's kind of like being in church, isn't it? Two items of news at the end. Firstly, as a reminder for Pentecost Sunday, we won't be having the podcast as usual, but instead joining together live via Zoom for an exciting celebratory Pentecost service. Please join us from wherever you are. A link will be sent out shortly or you can email me directly. 
If people want to make something for Pentecost that you can display while we're on Zoom, perhaps some of our younger ones would like to make something to do with Pentecost from Lego or draw a picture, they can do that and they can show us on Zoom during the service. And uh, slightly older folk, don't let me stop you making something from Lego as well, but you may prefer to simply wear something red as a symbol of Pentecost, or perhaps display something red like flowers in the background. And we'll t try and take a picture of our faith community on Zoom and put it on our church website. Secondly, about prayer. I'd like to invite each of you to join me in 30 days of prayer following Pentecost. Pray when you can. Pray as you go. Pray from wherever you are and as often as you are able. I'd like to invite you to pray for the people in our benefice. Pray for those near you, the young and the old, that they might hear God's voice and respond at this time of national searching and reflection. Pray also for the leading of the Holy Spirit as we discern the way ahead for our benefits in the months and years ahead. So please don't join me in 30 days of prayer following on from Pentecost. Thank you everyone for listening in and joining us in this short service. I have a very special sung blessing for you now and it's not just from me, it's from 65 churches around the world drawn from the words of the Old Testament book of Numbers. So do receive God's blessing upon you all. May God bless you now, in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, just as he calls us as his people made in his image to be a blessing to others. Amen. Ah! Uh -huh.
blessing, manna rain down from heaven. This isn't second guessing, we know that we are protected. May the peace that surpasses all understanding be our message. Grace and favors in your nature, in your essence. May favor be upon you and a thousand generations. And your family, and your children, and the children, and the children, and the children, and the children. 